Cross Ever Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this, like the intro said, is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon e commerce industry. I call it my corner of the internet because there's so much content out there. There's so many places that you can go for information. I'm just glad you found my little space that I take up in the ether, ether of the internet, if you will, um, to bring you the best and brightest Amazon news, relevant topics, and thought leaders in the industry to help apply to your business or help you start thinking about that to move the needle forward. That being said, this podcast is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Cross-border payment solutions have never been easier. And now with obviously five clicks, it has become, uh, you'd be able to open up a free account by sending or receiving money, helping your brand grow, whether that's paying out your VAs uh, overseas or paying out a supplier and manufacturer. As you know, time is money to get money in their hands quicker so they can release goods to get it back to an Amazon warehouse. You, of course, want to use a solution that's going to be able to help you grow and put money to your bottom line. And you can do that with ping pong payments. Sign them for a free link, a uh, free account in the link below. Or if you're listening to us, you can check that out in the show notes as well. Thank you, ping pong payments for sponsoring crossover commerce. That being said, uh, again, welcome everyone. Again, this is episode 174 of crossover commerce. That means there's 173 different episodes of content that we've put out there already anywhere from branding and marketing to Amazon growth uh, tactics to uh, strategies to logistics, you name it, we, we, we've we covered a lot of those things. And every once in a while, and occasionally I love to bring on friends of the show that have come on in the past that have just so much content, we need more than one hour to talk about it. Therefore, that's why I call them friends of the show and I bring them back on applicable different things when there's stuff going on in the news and I think that there's just great content that needs to be shared. So that being said, uh, we have a friend of the show, Chris Freiberger of InReach. He's going to be hopping on with us today. And you know what? Uh, that This is one of my favorite topics to discuss if you're a listener of the show and uh, one of the more fascinating things to grow. And it's infancy as it is right now. Where are these different um, these paths moving forward for brands? Obviously, there's people three years ago or maybe four years ago we're talking about. I didn't even know that brands could exit a business or buy brands on Amazon. Now it seems like there's an endless amount. But now as years progressed or 16 months or 18 months, as a lot of these businesses have grown, what's our, what's our learnings? Obviously a lot of people tell you how to optimize your business to grow and exit your business. But on the flip side, what are those challenges on the aggregator side of, uh, of the space and how are they looking at things now that they're 16 months in or two years or three years into this ether, what are the challenges that they're going to be facing moving forward and kind of put on our crystal ball, uh, put down the crystal ball and our, put on our fortune telling hats and kind of look at what, what the industry is telling us in the future and how this is going to continue to progress. So without further ado, I want to welcome back to Crossover Commerce, friend of the show, Chris Freiberg. Chris, welcome back. Uh, joining us from space, obviously. Right? <laughs> I'll explain that in a little bit, but Ryan, thank you so much for, <laughs> and uh, thank you to Crossover for having me back on. I think it was back on, or it was on in June or January, I'm sorry. Um, and thanks again for having me on and then shout out to ping pong as well. But, um, yeah. Ryan, uh, thank you again for having me on. Um, I'd love to talk about this stuff as you know, and there's so many things to talk about, including this space station that was just announced, uh, what yesterday, um, uh, what the orbital orbital reef. Um, but yeah, kinda... that's what we looked it up pre-show and we, we found what it was <laughs> called. I, I just kind of rolled my eyes and told Chris when I, if you, if you're listening to this, it's the uh, 3D rendering of what Amazon has, or or Blue Origin, excuse me, not Amazon. Jeff Bezos's company, Blue Origin, has come out with a mock-up of what a space station would look like, and Orbital Reef is what they called it. Um, we were jokingly saying, like, what 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 does that mean? Is that the 21st marketplace that Amazon is going to is now space? Like they've just bypassed all the different com uh, countries. But yeah, we can t definitely talk about that today. So yeah. all. You're, you're the guy, and, and for people who haven't listened to our uh, first podcast, I've made introductions to you before you've done vice versa. Your network is so expansive, and you know, I like to pride myself on knowing things going on in the industry. You're the guy who actually can connect those people, and you you know businesses that are being successful. You kind of make those handshakes, those happenings, um, and we've called you the you know the Amazon uh, you know networker or the uh, matchmaker. I the, yeah, matchmaker. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, almost like uh, My Fair Lady or things like that, or the matchmaker. So, sure. so what does that mean? Uh, again, for like a quick 30 seconds, like what, what does that mean? And how did you get in that space? Sure. Yeah. I, I will end up in space, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, you know, just maybe if I may just, I'll share a little bit, a little bit of personal stuff on me, at least that maybe others that have, don't necessarily know is, um, 
you know, I'm actually from the Midwest. Um, I'm actually in, I'm in Cincinnati, uh, sort of other than the East Coast, maybe New York and the like is, is actually a hub of, of advertising and kind of grew up here. My grandfather actually was uh, in advertising, actually produced a book that's actually still, still taught today at some business school. Um, and then my dad was in advertising, worked at Procter & Gamble. Uh, and then lo and behold, unbeknownst to my best efforts, because believe it or not, I did graduate in aerospace engineering uh, from Iowa Space uh, from Iowa State. Um, that seems about 10 lifetimes ago, maybe or so. Oh, um, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did nothing with it because to tie it together, I uh, really my first job was uh, I was plunked down in front of uh, Netscape 1.0 um, on a very clunky you know, PC at the time. And uh, just never looked back and, you know, fell in love with the Internet. Um, you know, back then, if you knew HTML, you kind of your career kind of accelerated from there. Um, wanna, I want to talk about how many hops I've had between there and then. But, you know, kind of model, models a little bit of the Internet, if you will. Um, but mostly my background is in the ad agency world, um, implying uh, digital marketing, um, you know, the life of the Internet, if you will, expressed across uh, the media world, the marketing world. And so in many roles within those small agencies in case the first employee and in some cases working for for large agencies again lo and behold back in the in the walls of procter and gamble like my forebears um a little bit um all of that said about three years ago you know a lot that whole industry the ad agency world uh the marketing world if you will really hasn't reacted to amazon and that was three years ago um you know, for instance, they, they do all the digital stuff, Google, Facebook, you know, including, you know, influencers, things, in some cases actually create, do all the creative, the brand, the expression of that brand, uh, ad, you know, uh, campaigns within that uh, video, you know, all of, all of the content that needs to be created, including Super Bowl commercials, right? Um, but that whole industry is just not, does not, has not figured out or entered the Amazon space. Uh, and thus we exist, right? This bubble of Amazon, uh, folk exists. And so what does Enreach do in all of that, that, given that background, is I'm basically just a network of resources in the space. I like to pride myself on knowing, especially in the agency, the, ab, the Amazon agency world, I like to, like to know what's going on. Um, I specialize in helping brands and marrying them to agencies that are mature enough in an immature space uh, to then you know execute all the things that they need to do. I vet folks and I sort of introduce folks. I'm a matchmaker is what I do. So, which I love. And that, yeah, well, and, that, and that's the thing too. And I know people, they just aren't aware of whether it's the time that they're growing their own business and service or, you know, heads down, there's so much content that's being put out there, but also so many different businesses that crop up because of it. And because it's such an immature industry, like you said, I think I've only heard people, if they say any, if I've been in, on Amazon for 10 plus years, that instantly makes me think, my gosh, you've been around for almost the inception of Amazon, which is clearly not true. Yeah. Um, but for, but for even people to, there, there's many skips of things, right? There's the technology world of how long Amazon's been around 1993, four, something like that. 96, seven, I think is when he was seven, seven, seven. Yeah, I was going to say mid, mid to late mm -hmm. uh, 97. And then you have the people, uh, Amazon as a company. So you, people are aware of that, but then knowing for Amazon's, the different tiers, right? We, I think we talked about this too, of yeah. people don't even know that there's businesses that are selling on Amazon as a marketplace, not Amazon has all these products they're selling. People are selling through Amazon's network and uh, distributing and selling. And the majority of it is people like you and me in our houses or in our offices doing that. And that's where the industry itself sits. And then there's the public and they don't even know that exists too. So that, that's that, that you start to scale up and tear up and you're like the 1% of a 1% in this case of business, it hasn't been around long. So that's why it's so fascinating. Like you and I were just talking about, it's like, yeah. I heard about this. I heard about this. I heard about this. <laughs> like there's so many passing pieces of information. So how do you kind of keep your eye on all the different things that are happening? You yeah. Have a tool or chip or a trick that, that you can share? Well, you know, the, it's a small world um, in, into, you know, to run off of what you had. And I, I don't mean to run too far ahead. And I apologize is, is that sure. there is an ecosphere that has uh, gone around basically the um, helping either selling on Amazon or helping folks on uh, on Amazon. OK, and so that I call that the ecosphere that there's Amazon everything. There are Amazon lawyers. There are Amazon accountants. There are Amazon HR people that are hiring for the space, which we'll talk about at length. Um, uh, there are 
they're Amazon API programmers, okay? Uh, very specialized. There are, and then there are Amazon agencies, okay? And when I say that is all they're usually doing is optimizing for Amazon and blocking and tackling in the process of selling on Amazon, which is another thing we'll talk about how hard it is to sell on Amazon. It's extremely hard. It's not something that somebody can just do or a company can just do. Um, and so these agencies become are the only ones that know kind of how to do this stuff, or at least the concentration of those things. And as a result of that, which we'll talk about, they're extremely valuable. But I, I want to switch my background off of, of the space station, um, which will probably look like something different, uh, and just kind of just round out and say that, you know, to kind of go with you, what you're saying, Ryan, is, is very early in the life of Amazon. You know, you might think that Amazon pervades, you see your trucks out everywhere, and it pervades the, you know, the R us you know streets if you will um but that that's not the case around the globe and they are just getting started you know they're at uh, what 14 official marketplaces but those cover you know 50 plus countries they cover you know a majority you know that something on the order of like 20 percent of the available you know people um are reached by amazon only so right. far so Te you know, yeah yeah so behind yeah. yeah, there's so many different things like tw technically 20 plus marketplaces of that. There's only 20. open to public. Um, the 20th was, e uh, excuse me, Egypt that opened up this year. But again, people are anywhere from 15 to 20 that either of, I think it's Saudi Arabia, UAE and Egypt doesn't even uh, pale in comparison to 1% of what Amazon's traffic is. So again, three of them, three of those only is one per, uh, equates to 1% and the majority is obviously India, United States, UK and, um, Gosh, I want to say it's um, for population wise, I'm going to say Japan. I think those are the top four, which makes more sense. Um, but in that regards, like you said, it, it's 40%, again, for the stat nerds out there with me, okay, Amazon's please. only 40% of e commerce. But then of that 40 per, of that e commerce bubble, it's only 10 to 15% of all of retail spend. So again, if you think Amazon's big and it is in the world of e commerce, Need, but then the world of all of purchasing, it's still very small. And that's what a lot of people are really not struggling with, what a lot of people don't see of how big it can potentially get right. once you build out an ecosystem like that. So Right. And, right. and, and yeah. we'll use an example. And thank you. I, I, I throw stats as well. And, you know, we'll just go with big. Um, but that, big. that said, uh, you know, if a good example would like, be like Brazil with Mercado Libre, which, you know, they're still not the dominant marketplace, you know, ordering product inland, you know, in that country, but, you know, they don't have the infrastructure and the technology that's coming at them, including what, what could be behind me, right, could easily be what is actually intended to be, uh, you know, manufacturing, rentable manufacturing space for ZOG manufacturing, which is a big industry that actually kind of fuels the whole space program. Again, I'm an aerospace engineer, just in the sense I follow that. And what this actually met, means is that you know, this is all space. It could be some entertainment space. These are all modules that are in the back you know, behind me. Um, but moreover, it could also be an Amazon distribution center, you know, and then things like drones and things like that could be drum, dropped out of orbit. You know, it, it's really going to be there. You know, think about what Amazon's going to be in 50 years. Okay. You know, think about how, what the railroad did in the last 50 years, but accelerated, you know, you know whatever the exponent is that you want to apply to that. And so it's going to end in space. And that's why I kind of want to start with this, but I will switch back to something a little go. bit less, um, you know, scary and, you know, laser, uh, you know, space laser-y, but we, yeah. Right. And I mean, I mean, if, man, if we could use something like that to alleviate any sort of logistics change right now, that'd be a game changer right now. But that, that's the thing too, right? Of maybe segueing into the future of what the third party world or what Amazon in terms of the small seller world, right? There's lots of things going on and you can hit it from a hundred different ways. Uh, there's the, there's the, Con, uh, the government action of what potentially could have happened to small business sellers on Amazon. There's the, what it applies to in terms of monopoly, how brands are acquiring or just growing on Amazon. There's the play by our rules and the whole shutting down big time business that's happening on Amazon. There's so many different things that are being juggled around of the Amazon ecosphere, but as feature kind of prevails, there's emerging innovations happening, right? That, that That's what the topic I'll, I'll call with it. And one of those things a lot of people are talking about, and I'll throw up our topic for the day, is the aggregator space. And pre-show, we were talking about, man, there, 
we said aggregator and we knew what we meant, but now it's actually, it's almost like forked in the road, even from there, the differences between, you know, agency, aggregator, accelerator, growth, brand, accelerator, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Is there a quick definition that we can break down for everyone who's listening just to simplify terms and we can kind of all be on the same page in that regard? Yeah, yeah. I won't go too deep because there are other, other terms that are um, being, you know, kind of thrown around. And it's, it is an industry where it's so new and it's so, you know, we're trying to all catch up to Amazon. There's always this ecosphere that's kind of falling out and even those people are starting to consolidate, right? And even so young that the term knowledge is also kind of being defined, right? And so um, there was a term that's popped up uh, called an, uh, an aggregator, right? And all an aggregator really is, is a large seller, right? Again, they're all, we're all selling on Amazon. That's kind of the, the, the gist of it, right? So amongst large sellers, there are different types. And one of those types is an, is an aggregator. And what an aggregator does is instead of uh, being just one brand that sells on Amazon, like just a typical seller that has maybe one or multiple brands, but they're one seller, right? Uh, an aggregator goes and buys up multiple brands, right? Groups of brands. And uh, the idea is that an aggregator through scaling, through better technology, through better knowledge, uh, through you know consolidation and sort of economies of scale. Uh, also because, hey, did I mention this stuff is really hard? And if they can figure it out better than the person that had sold it on Amazon to date, right? So it might be a brand, for instance, that sold for $2 million to date. The owner, the owner put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. And it's now $2 million brand on Amazon, right? These aggregators will come along, offer them, well, current rate, current rates between like six and eight, maybe 10 X and growing, right? To grab those brands when they know that that other than that one guy, they know my team behind me can go further and you know, increase sales faster, further than that guy could have, right? And I'm going to pay him out on performance of that brand. And that's the whole game right now with aggregators, okay? So an aggregator's multiple brands. Think of them like groups of brands that they bought internally. They own those brands and they have to grow those brands, okay? So that's one term. That's an aggregator. An accelerator is a little different. They have kind of an easier job of it, right? An accelerator is like a target, right? Like a retailer, okay? They're going to buy... Uh, they're going to ask, they're going to go to a brand that says, you know what, we don't want to mess with Amazon. We don't have the skills for this, or we know that you can do it better. So it's better just to outsource it. You're going to, you're a better plumber. I'm just going to have you do it. Right. And so all they have to do, they buy inventory. They ask for, they ask for exclusivity to sell on Amazon. Right. And they say, okay, I'm going to take your brand in. I'm going to buy a bunch of inventory into your, my warehouse. And all I have to do is move that product. Okay. I don't own the brand. If I need assets like video or a Super Bowl commercial, or I need you to grow an audience through social media and Twitter, that's all the brand's job, right? I just have to move product, okay? So examples of each, right? Uh, An aggregator would be, say, the top one is Thrasio right now, Heyday, Perch. These these are some of the big ones. And there are right now 68 aggregators out there, 70, depending on who you count, right? Right now, they're sharing somewhere up, up near close to a $10 billion to buy brands internally, okay? Big business. Now, on the other side, the aggregators with big players are Spreetail. Uh, there's also Pattern there, okay? They're, I'm sorry, the accelerators, Spreetail and Pattern, okay? And again, those guys are big, and they're printing money because they don't have to, all the headaches, right, of owning the brand. And we'll get into that more, which is the topic of this podcast okay right is the challenges that they have okay so i'll stop there but does, does that help no you? that's that's fantastic yeah and we actually had uh channel key um we had uh we had dan browncher of channel oh, key yeah. he actually is co-founder yeah co-founder and founder of it uh and i asked him the same question i go how do you how do you distinguish when people come to you and say i want to my brand to be operated i want them to just like sell my product or i want it to be you know collaborative in that person that's what our agency and he goes Honestly, there's just a lot of people in different parts in their business. They want all of those things and there's space for everyone. And uh, depending on who you are, that's the fascinating thing about the space is how you define agency too, because there's PPC agency there. Like we said before, you put Amazon in front of anything, Amazon photography, Amazon video, like that instantly becomes like a very popular service potentially for millions of brands that are on Amazon, I think 6 million plus sellers and growing. Um, and that'll continue just to obviously grow over time and whatnot. And we're not even talking about like one P so first party, uh, quickly on that question for, for an accelerator, 
Is that more of a 1P approach or is that more of a third party approach? Is that it, it, a, it could be there's actually There's actually iterations of both. Um, okay. the, I, yeah, it, it really depends on, um, well, I guess it just depends on the approach, but there's that sure. model applies. The idea here again is that really the model is just like, I don't want to deal with this. Here's all the keys and exclusivity. Go run as a channel. Again, like Target would, they buy a lot of stuff, they put it in the back and they sell it in their store. And that's essentially what they're, what they're doing. So gotcha. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, for, for that, for this definition, we want to kind of break away from those, the agency and the accelerated part. And then we'll, we'll kind of compare the two, obviously, but for aggregators, it, man, I, I remember February of last year and when the first name of Thrasio came out and again, great people had multiple people on, on this podcast. I think that, I think they're doing great things for the third party space in this regards. Just this week, I want to say, or on Monday, it was announced that they raised a, a billion dollar round, a series D equity channel. And, uh, and that was just, the, the number is just phenomenal to cr and crazily can think about, but quantifiably it's going towards equity. I believe most of it is. So obviously with lots of these different companies, a lot of it is debt or the opportunity to borrow that money, buy the business, and then at one point or another scale that business. So for an aggregator, lots of people are thinking, oh, there's, they're just going to take over. There's a, they're going to be, um, there's gonna be 10 people in the space that are just going to be running brands across all the channels. Um, first and foremost, is that ever going to happen? Will they ever take over every single brand that's operating on Amazon or more than majority? Do you ever think that would happen or is it not yeah. going to happen? I use it. I use an analogy of real estate here. So, you know, think of that as like the play here for an aggregator is really like flipping houses. Okay. They know they can come along, they can see the owner, you know, maybe put a fence up and, you know, I cut the yard clean, but they know the value, you know, if they put in, you know, a, a wing on the back, right. Um, or do it faster, better than the next guy. Right. So the answer is there's millions of houses, there's millions of brands, right? So no one could own them all by any means. And in fact, owning a thousand of them doesn't mean anything to the other, you know, millions, right? And so there's plenty, plenty of room here. There's not, that's not the limiting factor at all. Um, I, I don't think there's plenty of great brands and lots of gems out there born from Amazon and or would be accelerated on Amazon, you know, to unprecedented scale. It's a beautiful model. And absolutely, because there's the only thing, you know, it's a long term versus a short term, right? And uh, an accelerators like I'm just going to print money, you know, as you know, uh, just going to move product, right? And get paid for that. Awesome. Right. Well, an aggregator is basically like I'm going to invest in babies, right? And I'm going to internally, I'm going to invest in a nursery. I'm going to grow those be babies over time and invest you know, college money, you know, all of this, you know, long term play in these things. And at the end of that, you know, the babies multiply and they also but they're also worth in some cases you know it could be a household brand that you've grown from nothing you know uh and it's a billion dollar brand so in the end the exit could be if you execute on all these things properly if much higher than say you know the accelerators which are like nah, 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 you know kind of right now in the sense that, you know they have an easier job of it sort of like the tortoise and the hare kind of thing if that makes sense mm -hmm. and so sure. anyway yeah, and, and there and there's a place for both to play. And I, I like that analogy of like you're investing in almost like a like a newborn's future of however mature it is, whether you're taking it on as a uh, infant teenager or whatever it is, you're actually looking for for their job is to actually it, it's almost like a risk tolerance uh, bet, right? If you're looking at insurance of how much can I cover this or until it gets to like a loss and we can't actually like rake in money with this, these people, we want to make sure that at some point or another, it's going to be a long-term investment. It's going to yield results year over year, and it's not. We're not going to lose money on it. So, by looking at the background, the uh, the market, the landscape, everything like that, that's what's so interesting and challenging. Where so many people are entering the space, and I see so many. Seventy is not a lot. Like again, there's so many. Uh, there's a lot of different companies that can agency-wise, SaaS-wise. There's lots of different tools, services out there in the market space, whether you do it individually or at scale. Lots of people came in quickly with this. And if it wasn't one, it, it became 10 and then 25 and then uh, 40. And then all of a sudden, like you said, we're, we're doing everything publicly. And again, this is all public. You have people operating without making public knowledge of what they're doing. Yes. That being said, is there, is there space for that, that amount of people to succeed on as, as it sits today? So 70 are going to be around in a year as 70. 
Yes. You, you look how many, uh, you know, we'll just pick on the agencies again, uh, how many agencies there are in the non-Amazon world. I mean, in, in Cincinnati, you can throw a stone, maybe hit three or four digital agencies, you know, um, one of them might be an SEO agency, right? But for the most part, you know, there's a bunch of creatives downtown that can also, I could have, sorry, pre-COVID, hit a bunch of, you know, with one stone down, downtown. I think eventually that's where this is going to be. In fact, I think eventually those are going to eventually learn these skills of Amazon. It's going to merge together eventually. But, you know, we're talking about 20 years, the last, you know, at least 10 to adopt, 20 to adopt Facebook. Sort of figure, we're still figuring out social media and some respects Google AdWords is more important than ever and so on and so forth. And so it's just a very slow industry to, to adopt, right? Um, these types of skills. And so I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or not, but it's kind of why it exists, this space exists. So. Well, and the business model makes sense to me too. And there's lots of people at play. I think maybe if we went down the challenges of the, the model, how I was how I always understood it from the basics and the mechanics and levers perspective was at the beginning, go to page one, find the top performing sellers, you just data and analytics to see what it is on a month to month basis, where you can improve it. And the selling feature is how do you not want to, do you want to not do this anymore? Whether it be for money reasons, for headache reasons, anything like that, we'll take that over. But there's also that little chunk um, that we can operate and grow and make profit on it even more than our initial investment. That, yes. That's just like acquisitions in general. Um, so, but everyone, if you have 80 different companies going after, again, not an infinite number of categories, definitely sure. a lot, but there's a lot that aren't getting touched. For example, electronics, um, topical, consumable. Um, a lot of people don't even want to touch uh, toys or child to a point. Um, anything that's really breakable, not really sustainable, and has it's not repeatable uh, business. Certain margin, yeah. Certain margin, yeah, exactly. So at some point, you, you start to think about with top people in the space if they're consistent, they've only been around a little bit while. Is there is there a gap that or like a, a ceiling that theoretically, yeah. if one brand and they're the top brand, they're the top dog, and they're going to be the top dog forever? You shut down that lane for essentially anyone else to be optimized uh, or you're trying to compete with them on a constant basis. Is there a notion of which those top people might all just be acquired by aggregators at some point, or is that where it's going? Or do you think that there's always going to be ways around those kinds of things? Yeah. I mean, they, they're, uh, you know, I think there, there's always going to be the option of selling to an aggregator, right? I mean, that's always mm -hmm. an, that's an exit. And I would say even like a new exit that's, and you say a couple of years old for these brands that just sort of sprung up and oh by the way you can get more money going through that exit which is which is nice right and also i've seen it just accelerating brand owners you know efforts on amazon to get to that multiple that exists right now you know i don't think i don't think it'll go down a little bit but you know it'll exist for a while um, but to your question is there a ceiling on any of this no um there you know i see if i think and I, you're already seeing this and it's already not that i predicted but smarter than mine's and I predicted it's actually going to kind of shatter. It's going to go the other way. I think you, you already see small brand groups, which is a kind of another term in the space where it's, you know, again, they're sellers, they're selling on Amazon, right? But within that, they're a different kind of brand where they sort of bought uh, maybe a couple, maybe there's mini aggregator. If you maybe look at them that way, they bought a couple brand groups, maybe within a category, um, maybe not, maybe they're different categories of spread risk, right? Um, but they figure it out maybe they have an internal team or a partner that's an agency that they trust that can grow can actually do this stuff and they have a group of investors maybe four or five guys that invest in those brands that little three or four brands and they have somebody that's growing them and just like flipping a house or investing in you know an investor or putting it on stock market which i think it's maybe even a better analogy um you're seeing these groups just these little investment groups and brands right uh coming out of this ecosphere right which is smart because what's what's going to grow faster and you know and and, and it done well if done well then in the greatest marketplace to ever exist you know right and so yeah well that that's what was fascinating when you look at the model and you're like of course you want to obtain the top like top sellers right like you can almost put on your books a consistent amount of revenue year over year it's going to be there for example Notoriously, I think it's Thrasy who mentioned uh, we bought the number one selling pillow on Amazon, Beckham Brands. 
I believe that's what the brand, I actually have one, like, believe it or not, that you're welcome, Thrasio, um, if you're listening. Um, I, I've purchased, I believe, four of them, like, because they're freaking nice. They're really nice. Um, but they're, like, been around for five years, right? They're, it's an evergreen product, which means it's going to be consistent. You're going to need new pills uh, around. People are always going to go back to it. It could be a repeat purchase. You can essentially, you can theoretically get better cost on products and things like that. There's, I mean, but there's only so much room for opportunity, right? It's not like taking something from 100 to 10. It's taking one and keeping at one, which in theory seems a lot more expensive in my my eyes. Like there's not that much opportunity for growth. But when I'm starting to hear, and maybe this is the case now, people are looking not just for top performers, but maybe underperformers, uh, great ideas, maybe more of that middle of the road, not as, you know, turning out number one sellers, but maybe in that middle tier, they just don't have that push and they can offer that push over the line and be a really big investment in play and low risk, high reward play um, in products. Is that where it's shifting towards more? Yeah. Well, in the aggregator model. Yeah. I mean, again, there's other models out there, right. And sure. um, you know, there's even within the aggregator model, there's actually a couple of models. Like there's um, you know, shout out to um, uh, Stephen Pope uh, for giving me this one, but uh, there's aggregators and then there's, uh, consolidators. So an aggregator actually kind of uh, takes over the brand, uh, all the functions of it, you know, so the ad campaign, all that stuff that was managed by the seller uh, may, uh, they may come along for the ride or they may not. It might be just a complete buyout and take, we'll take the keys, we, we'll go, right? And so an aggregator would just kind of bring it in and they'd aggregate everything kind of like a machine, you know, bad, bad analogy versus a consolidator actually kind of invites the maybe by 60% of the seller invites them over. There's still, um, there may be a gentle handoff or they're part of the team to see that, that grow uh, going forward, which solves some of the next stuff we're going to talk about, which is the hiring problem in the space. Um, right. So, yeah. So the, even, you know, you see it sort of developing uh, as before your eyes right now. Right. So that is a ne great next question. So not just the, the challenges of obviously finding brands. So we, we put that pin a little bit in there and it's always going to be a constant challenge of, Hey, are you in the market to, to purchase right now? No, you're good. Okay. Well, next person. And I always hear the story, brand owners, like tens of emails every single week. Hey, how is the brand going? How can we, we talk about the valuation? We're going to offer seven X, 10 X. I mean, I've heard hearing 10 X and that seems crazy, but again, people just acquiring brands to put in their portfolio. And again, there's only so many out there. Like if you did the math, a lot of them range anywhere from one to 10 brands. For pretty decent amount, which is a good amount. You have that next tier of uh, 10 to, you know, 25, another healthy amount. Then you have like uh, 50 to 200 brands. And then you got your like top tier, like, right. People are requiring quite a bit at scale. You mentioned it before people yeah. and on average, I'm constantly hearing anywhere from seven to 10 people per brand that you're operating. So oh, you, if you heard that stat, that's an interesting stat. Well, it, that's just on for a team for a marketing. And, and again, that's across the board on average, anywhere from seven to 10 people who are touching brand, even on an agency model makes sense, right? We have on a month to month basis, you have seven to 10 people who are touching that brand, um, whether it be creative, it could be uh, logistics, it could be, um, you know, just operator in general, PPZ, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Seven to 10, if I'm thinking about the math and I have 200 brands, that, that instantly puts me at what, 20,000? 20,000 people are close to, is that 20,000 or 2,000? That, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people power. And as you, at the economies of scale doesn't make sense for growth in that capacity. So what's the people problem for an aggregator right now? I guess yeah. is my question. Yeah. And, and maybe another way, and this is just indicative of how we're like running through the fog, you know, and we're all like, what, what piece of information do you have? What piece of, you know, so we don't run into a wall. Right. Um, another piece, another thing I saw out there and I, I want to, can't remember who had done the survey, but it was recent of they'd sent out a survey to the aggregators and asking them questions about themselves. One, one, there's a, there is a survey from a Fortia group and shout out to them um, from some other questions, but it's not the one I'm thinking of, but somebody had done a poll about what their plans for hiring was. And they came to 7,000, well, 30 something of them, of the 70 respondent. And of those respondents, the total hires, if you added up what the, the response was, was 7,000 by Christmas. Of this year, they need 7,000 total, 7,000 more people. By the end of the year. Yeah. Or by the That's end. That's a year. lot. That's a lot of growth. And I know, and I know the stat too. I'm, I'm looking at 
So take that number. And I know Thrasio, again, we look at Thrasio because it's the biggest number out there and it's the biggest one to kind of slice and dice, right? It's a little bit easier. 100 people a month that they were averaging consistently. So if you're taking just 100 on the biggest person over, under the under aggregator umbrella, where does the makeup come from? And that that's that's what I'm trying to figure out is yeah. math doesn't align and there's a complete shortage of talent, people power versus the brand power that they're acquiring. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What, what's that going to look like in Q4? Yeah, so there's a term here that applies. Um, I don't I don't think I'm the first to say it, um, but you know, if you hear it, maybe it came from me. And that um, you know, the, t- the term applies is is acquire. Okay, it's a it's a it's an old term. You know, you learn might learn at Harvard. You know, in a, on a page in a book or something like that. But it basically is um, it, the the concept is pretty popular in the sense that you would hire you you would buy a company for their people not for their revenue or product or anything they're producing. In fact, in some cases, all that's shed for the team and the talent that they have. And really, you know, the individual talent, in some cases, the leadership that, that put that talent together and the overall functioning F1 racing team, you know, that can't be found elsewhere. Okay. And that's an aqua hire moment when, you know, I, I'm going to spend top dollar for teams. You know, I don't care where I'm going to find them. So examples, um, you know, I use net, there's a Netscape moment, but the easier one that I think if you were to look at the wiki page on Aquahire um, is Facebook. Uh, Facebook back in 2001, uh, when it first uh, became blew up, you couldn't hire programmers that knew anything. They couldn't even, you couldn't spell social media. I mean, it wasn't even invented yet. Um, they were, they invented it. And so you would, they actually bought it again, stop me. There's some co- uh, companies that they hire that were like SaaS solutions and mm-hmm. they had 10,000 users. They, sh- they you know, fired the users and shut down the service and took those employees and ran off the social You work for us now, them. exactly. Yeah, and, and they produce Facebook, okay? So we're in that space now. I would even contend it's actually, you know, I would say it's 10X any of those moments. And the reason I say that is because it involves all of e-commerce, really. And when you think, when, you, when I say Amazon, I think all about e-commerce. It either owns it or it is it or it will be it. You know, so that's greater than, say, the, op- the monetary opportunity of all of social media, right? And then one could also argue that Facebook didn't own all of social media, right? And so that boom, um, or, you know, you, you maybe take another boom, like mobile boom, right? There wasn't only, there was more than one player in the mobile space, right? There was more one, pl- there was eventually more than one Netscape, you know, but I think it's more, at this point, I think Amazon owns all the things. So, it's just a, it's going to be even even more importance to solve for Amazon than any of those moments. It's certainly business wise and e commerce wise, and maybe pharmaceutical wise, and maybe space wise, and a bunch of other wises, right? Right, and and that that's what's maybe this is just the beginning of this this massive shift. Whether it be massive or not, again, it's in the eye of the beholder. Just when you see money coming to the space, in it. You don't know when, when no one knows what that means. I think a lot of people see it as panic when other people, if you're an innovator, you see it as opportunity, right? That's why you saw the stem of lots of different um, aggregators and whatnot. When I, I use, I stole, I, when I say the phrase aggro hire, I'm, I'm using it because I heard it from you. And I, to me, that makes sense, right? Because economies of scale, you're talking about massively instead of individually hiring out, building an individualized team one-on-one, yes. why not? either what subcontract out essentially or just purchase outright business partner with them to run those brands and then all of a sudden you know you have marketing team you have photography team you have sourcing logistics you have all these people that are already in play yes and you're you were essentially just either utilizing their talents and resources for your brands or they just pursue you outright and they're becoming your company so that's that's super that makes sense to me um in that regards is that is that something that you're seeing actual businesses and aggregators taking part in now, or is that the very beginning of it? You're yeah. still adapting. So it is the very beginning of all the things, right? But you know, even within that, there are little bubbles of you know other things going on, right? And so, you know, um, there the the thing, and I want to kind of paint a picture here, just because I you know I there's a couple pictures that need to be painted because it just kind of comes to this moment, right? And I'm trying to. Been trying to write a blog entry, and I, every time I pick it up, I you know, have to set it down because something changed. 
literally that week kind of thing. And that's the environment we're in. Um, you know, the, obviously everybody, you hear the news about the hiring problem, right? You know, you can't hire McDonald's workers, right? Which is true, right? But let's say, you know, if you draw more, uh, even smaller circle within that, you really can't hire like in the e-commerce space right now, you know, tech workers, right? And in the, everybody's screaming for Shopify talent and, you know, um, uh, Salesforce and, you know, people that are savvy and all that, right? Um, and they've always been for the last 20 years. And then within that small circle, you've got this people that are screaming for Amazon talent, which is kind of within the, you know, the e-commerce bubble. I would, though I would imagine it's almost becoming the size of the e-commerce bubble, right? And within that, there's people that are screaming for talent because, you know, e- e- the, there's even fewer, right? And I would say, and I, I say this in all earnesty, or earnest, it was a point when I started like three years ago, I think like Prosper Show, which is kind of the biggest growing, you know, network that probably represented, a, you know, a very large chunk of the community that could actually do this stuff well, right? You know, and their attendance, you know, let's say was 5,000 people, right? So, you know, that's what all of these people have to compete for is that kind of talent pool. Um, and I would say also within this, it's not just, you know, it's not, you know, you might have a, a programmer, right? But do you have a good programmer? No, <laughs> you know, I mean, do you have like, you have a good salesperson, you have a salesperson, but is that person like an 11 or is that person like a five, you know, because right. guess what? That goes, straight, it all goes straight to sales, right? It all ends up in your Amazon sales. That's there's everything's measured in sales as it always should be, or always was right. But it's like ding, I mean, real time sales, right? So if you don't know what you're doing and with respect to even just paid, you know, much less earned media and much less organic media, and you know all the other thing creative and all these things you're not doing I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here but you're not doing all the things right so you're not your your sales is less right so to your team comment if i want to go into a race i want to go into the, the grand prix right i could train my own you know from scratch just some raggedy scratch tack guys that think they can put a team together and, and a car together and learn how to do this stuff right and eventually 20 years from now boy we won you know but never mind the area under the curve and all the races that you lost in the meantime, right? Um, but that said, or you can try and hire a team, right? Uh, they're all sniping from each other. By the time you put some of those together, you're going to make some mistakes on, wow, this guy said he could do this, but now it apparently doesn't do that. I see a lot of that because um, this stuff's hard, right? And so if you can put that team together, a ragtag group that will eventually coalesce and eventually win a race, so you only lose five races, Right. You know, and which is sales, right? It's winnings. Or you can go out and buy a, a, the F1 racing teams that are out there. By the way, there's only like 100 of them, right? Or whatever you're looking for. They're at a premium, so, right? Right. And, well, and that's the thing is, right, is experience, experience is not a beholder, right? You've done it. You run a brand. You, you, you were experienced in a certain vicinity of e-commerce. And how, like... I guess breaking this down further, where are the sure. areas of need? Is it logistics? Is it marketing? Is it all like w- what are the most dire needs that you're hearing right now from the aggregator space that they're just like we can't find enough people of this? Like we yeah. we would we would be we would love eights, but only fours exist. Like we would love not perfect, but we'd love at least this. And yeah. what is this to those people right now? You mean like what's you know? What's the space that people are lacking in? Like there's not a lot of, and so, they're just yearning for those kinds of people power. Yeah. So if you look at that block, you know, bubble of knowledge that people are trying to solve for, right? I think it's closer to empty than within full, right? What I mean by that is that no one knows what's going on, right? And I think that it compounds to the problem. It's kind of another thing I want to talk about in, uh, in this is, again, kind of how and emphasize how hard it is, right? In every one of those spaces, right? For instance, you could be doing all the things right. You're humming along your sales. You've got the optimizations down, and optimization alone involves getting 50 things right, okay, and and having somebody that knows how to do that and measure it and A/B test and come back to you and say, and be a, a willing you know working partner that says, what about these things and what about this approach? Can you can you dislodge a little bit more of the budget for this because you know we, we're seeing these returns and oh, but there's a new ad type this week. By the way, there was nine ad types right last week, right? Um, new ad types uh, popping up all the time, you know, uh, in different platforms. What do we do with that? So you have, you know, you ha- it's, it's really hard, right? You have to know this stuff. You kind of have to eat, breathe and drink it and put up with Amazon 
not helping you whatsoever, right? So to answer your question, it's closer to no one knows what's going on. You know, there's people, it's like almost like people like find pieces and they test things out and they figure it out, sort of the parts of the elephant kind of approach. Um, but there's no, you know, it's closer to saying like, um, you have to start every conversation from, from the start because because everybody's coming out of a different perspective, but kind of no one no one knows all the things that are going on. If that makes sense in the Amazon yeah. world, well, it's, it's it, and and going back to what an aggregator's charges, right? We'll, we'll go back to they're talking to investors, right? Ultimately, these are the people who are they're raising money from. And at a certain point, they have to measure a certain certain metrics. Hey, we're going to have a return on this amount. We're going to hire this amount of people. We're going to have this many brands. We're going to have this much in uh, recurring revenue, so on and so forth, right? So it's a speed test. Like this is the speed test of which they're doing. Otherwise, they pull funding, they lose it, or you pay a really big penalty for it. That's yes. how I understand it. Yes. In that regards, because it's a speed test and because there's no like long-term vision instead of short-term, if, I, if I'm a seller, is, that, is the ball in the seller's court in this regards or is it in the... Like who, 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 who is winning right now in this regards? Like who's benefiting the most beside maybe a seller because they're going to get 10 X uh, for the product that may not actually be worth 10 X, but someone said they would be willing to do it. Is mm -hmm. it, is it going to be just people who are operating these brands or is it going to be like, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like the next step, right. Of, yep. because it's, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are thinking long-term they want to do it quicker, faster, more effective. There's yes. all these funds and raises being boom, 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 as quickly as possible. Yes. It's going to, you, it, maybe the root of your question is, is, is it going to come crashing down or is that what? The, That's what, what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> see, it, it's almost like if, if, as if you were running through fog and you yep. don't see the, the brick wall in front of you and you can't ebb and flow, even though that is possible, if you slow down a little bit and just took steps and methodically through it, yep. that doesn't seem like the business your investors want. set up yeah. for that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're fighting both of, I want to make good long-term plays. I don't want to buy crap. Yep. Again, essentially, I've heard people say I've bought brands that are crap, and that that's their phrasing, and yeah. that makes sense. But I also, you want people that say like they trust the process; they're just going to go with them. And how do you how do you marry the two together? Yeah, I mean, what's the price for like making a mistake here? You know, I mean, and and you kind of alluded to it as well. It's like first of all, these guys are funded with debt that's not going to be conducive to you know to lackadaisical sales or learning while we go, right? Or um, anything less or more than the 300% increase or whatever they promised the uh, uh, investors, but also the brand owner that, you know, is going to get paid out based on like, I sold for, I sold my brand for 3 million, but two of that's based on them hitting 300% sales for it. And they say they've got a better team than the blood, sweat, tears, late nights that I put into it, right? And it turns out, right? And anybody that is an aggregator out there, I right, we know we want nothing but your success, right? I mean, right. It, it, that this is not to this is not to lack of a better word shit on aggregators. This no. is a this is a I see this from a different perspective. And Liz, you see this with working with these people. I think like the community at large is asking lots of these questions. Soon I say community again. It's like both sellers, it's service providers, it's uh, agencies, it's all these people in play, and it's exciting. And everyone's like, oh, the shiny new toy in the room. You want the shiny new toy to like make a pathway so that there's success for everyone involved, right? Yeah. I I don't think that there would ever be a versus like I won't hope they crash and burn. Therefore, we can obviously succeed and grow. I, that is not the case whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I I'm almost like more worried of which there's all these yeah. different options available. Amazingly, they all say they they can do the same thing at at scale that we can build on your business. We're going to take over your brand. You're going to be you're going to make the right choice with us. And this is what we focus on And yeah. every pitch is in very similar context. Like it's a quick close. We're going to do due diligence and all those different things. I would be just hesitant to see kind of letting my brain grow that again, I'm emotionally attached to, which a lot of people are. Yes. And I've heard people like just see their brain crash and burn. And that's a hard thing to feel. And you can't really recover that. Yeah. That's a there, PR thing. You know, when you're, I know, uh, going at light speed, right? I mean, there's going to be, and I don't mean to be callous, but, you know, maybe there's a better word than there's going to be some casualties, right? There's going to be some learning. There's going to be some stumbling, right? 
And, you know, again, we want the success for everyone in the space. We want, you know, one of the things that's missing for all of us is a astronomical IPO in this space. You know, that just one just this lights it on fire, the Netscape or the, you know, the, or the Facebook, right? That just lights, you know, it sets the next five, 10 years into a bubble, an Amazon.com bubble where, you know, yeah, there's going to be a back end of all this. And some people got paid more than they thought they should be paid or are getting paid more than they should. But those innovators, you know, created something, right? So blah, blah, blah. And the reason I say that is I have gray hair. I can say that I, it has the same feel as the late 90s, right? It has that same dot-com feel right now. And um, I would, I'm sort of over on the hill, like screaming, like, you know, ahead of it before, so everybody can sort of participate in that, right? So that said, um, you know, some of the challenges, obviously hiring is, you know, is a huge thing, but, you know, it, it becomes even more of a challenge that, it, it kind of gets to the baby owning, if I may, and I'm going to kind of, you know, just give me a couple paragraphs on this and that. Yeah. Okay. So they, they have to grow the brand. They have to grow the baby. They own the baby. Right. And so growing the brand involves much more. And when there is, you know, we can argue about they're focusing on paid uh, media and whether that's sort of artificially inflating, you know, they're buying their sales kind of thing to kind of ease, you know, some of the transition of these brands into their walls. Right. One can argue some of that stuff going on, but, you know, you have to grow it organically. You have to grow it earned. You have to grow it creatively. You know, uh, you have to grow, uh, in some cases, you have to rebrand. In some cases, you have to create, you know, a voice um, uh, with the storyboard. I mean, these are these are terms that aren't being used in the industry right now by anyone. Okay. Um, the, the This is the great, this is the old traditional, you know, digital world that needs to come in. Those Some of those members need to come in lead the way on what actually brand building is okay what actually what that actually means that doesn't mean just increasing amazon sales that means yes increasing your presence on amazon in a number of ways and it could be explosive if you do all the things right but there's walmart and there's you know really almost you know hundreds depending on the niche of smaller marketplaces and certainly the international play is there too for the first time so the again the stakes of getting it wrong you know, getting even just one member in that team that just doesn't change tires very well. And you've got to replace that guy four times before you can actually, you know, win the next race. You know, when you're, the, the competition just keep beating you because, you know, the guy's just not changing the tires fast enough. Right. Well, if you hire a team that has a certain performance, that's done this before, you don't you avoid some of that, you know. And so agencies, uh, we're, which is where I go to you know, I'll get into what I do right now. But I mean, essentially, that's where I think agencies are so valuable. I keep coming back to that. Absolutely. And and that was, that was the thing is those teams already do exist out there. Is that a, is this mentality? Cause I know we talked offline and uh, before this, is this something that people are, are like understanding? Oh my gosh, like this makes complete sense. Why wouldn't you marry these two ideas together, whether it be for business purposes or for just sheer profitability purposes that these partnerships should be made. And again, there's that, that network, that handshake, that matchmaking ability of, why not take economies of scale and marry them with needs of scale and, and put those two together? So all, which is a natural transition to the aqua hire, which you, know, you are putting together, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the part, first part of that question was, am I seeing it out there? Yes. Um, I'm aware and I always double what I'm not aware of. Maybe I should quadruple it. Um, is there are six or eight agencies in final uh, discussions with, ag you know, aggregator type, entities okay um uh there have been examples before that you know buy box experts was excuse me bought by spreetail again not technically an aggregator um more of an accelerator or definitely an accelerator um you know but the the idea is um absolutely uh, uh that these are the people that know how to do this stuff right and i think the people are just waking up because you know again there's a perception like this is just like as easy as some other technology or so, as easy as something else to learn. Like, oh, it's easy as like learn, figure out how to do Google AdWords, right? That's easy, right? Um, and you, there's plenty of people that do that. This is, you know, let's just move on from that. Well, the thing that people don't realize is that there's a lot of things that go wrong with Amazon, right? There's a lot of issues. There's problems with shipping. There's reimbursements. There's, um, you know, uh, issues of labeling, delisting. I mean, you know, again, optimization, which is just a never ending pool. Uh, to solve for, right? Um, it just goes on and on and there's headaches, you know, customer support, all that kind of thing. And I think that layer, I'm actually running into agencies. That's all they do. They've actually created agencies that 
do the stuff that the other agencies that are focused on marketing and optimization, they don't want to do either. Yeah, right. it's the uh, it's the it's the gar. I won't say it, this sounds bad. The garbage people of the service industry of do the things that no one else wants to do. The glorified yeah. positions, but hey, guess what? Garbage people get paid. Everybody needs a, a lot of money. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, yeah, if you, everyone needs it, and no one wants to talk about it, we're going to it. But people do handsomely yeah. rewarded can uh, can literally clean up uh, figuratively and literally. Um, in that regards, so which is which is which is why I guess in the final five minutes that we have on the show, gosh, I, I can only imagine again both for any industry, whether it be service, um, agency, or aggregator or accelerator at scale, and in moving forward six months from now, we're going to be talking and looking at this this moment right here and say. Yeah. I can't believe that pivot from person X. And then you see the waves start to shift that way, whether it be on Amazon or whether it be on um, just industry responses, right? You're seeing it in the SaaS world right now of everyone freaking out. Everyone that has access to certain MWS files um, and access um, with Amazon, they there's agencies and services that are just getting kaput because of the tactics that we're doing. And again, notoriously rebate key, and um, uh, recently, uh, because of ranking services and whatnot, uh, Elite Seller, good good company. But again, because of how Amazon sees it in that moment, that's that's kind of the unknown, right? How will Amazon see these services and companies in the next four months, uh, six months, twelve months from now? And that's hard to that's hard to forecast for too. Yeah, correct. I, well, I mean, they're. You know, I don't know if the risk is there for them in the sense that, you know, I mean, some of those examples were doing some sort of back end, you know, sort of using right. the API. And yeah, I'm not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, these, the ultimately, you know, aggregators sell a seller. I mean, they're all sellers, right? And so I think in the end, Amazon doesn't have any problem with them. My, my question is actually more the flip side of that table is why are they not helping them more? You know, and, uh, you know, and, and in fact, I think that the, the human capital problem in the space is actually limiting, will be a limiting factor of sales on the marketplace. Because it helps we we polish those you know I say we but the community polishes those listings you know and they deal with all their problems we could go elsewhere you know you know I mean theoretically we can't but you know I mean you know I, the community could I mean I, I, if there's somebody from Amazon listening it's like why are you not you know why is there no dev program per se you know I mean there is technically but you know Microsoft the first thing that Microsoft developed after they launched the software was a development program for the community, not only the business side of this stuff, but also the programmers and all the audiences of everybody that would tout your program, your platform. There's none of that. There's not even a is, phone number. You know what I mean? Well, right. And that's, that's the, and that's the question everyone asks in the space is if they're trying to educate again, why is there not more help on this? And I think recently there was actually more of a, an actual good response from the um, most recent Amazon, um, you know, news conference of, Hey, we're releasing tools like it's coming directly yes. from us and it's actually going to in certain senses be better than uh what what exists out there and i think that's maybe a step in the right direction but again with one with with one pro it always feels like uh there's a there's a there's a twist like i'm waiting for it like hit me with it so again why why is there that that kind of not help when it's majority of where the cells are coming from again that everyone speculates on every certain aspect and, and that's what's frustrating but there's other emerging platforms. I guess my final question is, do we see, do we see um, in the Amazon aggregator space, do you see more people, and this is the shift that I love talking about too, people are not just looking for brands that are on Amazon and try to take them omni-channel, but off of Amazon, and then really take their loyalty and following, put them on Amazon and say, watch out, like, here we go. Um, I know it's a little bit more challenging, but is that another iteration that you're seeing people start to shift and focus more off brand, a little bit tougher, find the diamond in the rough and put it on and then let people at it. Yeah. I mean, there's the short answer is yes. I mean, there's all of those things going on. I mean, there's, there's so much going on in, in like the distributor world too. I mean, I don't mean to pivot and not answer your question, but like one thing that's interesting is like the distributors that existed that distributed product around the world are realizing they're a really good place to put products straight up on Amazon. Right. Just cutting mm -hmm. out the whole, you know, all the Be their own brands. Yeah, Cause either it's either that or somebody else, their guy going to do it. The people they sell product to is going to put it up. Right. And so 
now they have 10,000 listings to manage on Amazon and that kind of stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, there is opportunity everywhere. If you're a brand owner, you're in an awesome place. If you're an agency owner, my gosh, call me. Okay. Um, uh, if, and you're, if you're an aggregator, you, as long as you get this right, what a brilliant model. You know, I mean, awesome. And, uh, you know, so we'll, if I may, we'll leave it there. But um, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say for Chris, obviously, um, I know you've been on the show. And how do people get in touch with you? The best way to do that was LinkedIn or on your website? Yeah, it's in reach without an I and reach. Um, I'm Chris at in reach. Um, link, reach out on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we have contact info below as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I know like we already took a little bit, a couple more minutes of your time. It's all good. Sorry about the No, I was going to say, well, I'm hearing dinging in my ear and that's not, that's just my computer (laughs) saying, Hey, idiot, you have another meeting or you need to get off your podcast. So let other people do their jobs. Hey, thank you so much. I think the programs are amazing. You're helping lots of people. We'll have you on again for sure. But uh, thank you again for hopping on a crossover conversation. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it as always. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. And again, everyone else who is uh, tuning in and listening to us on Crossover Commerce, thanks again for hopping on episode 174. Again, we talked about Amazon aggregator challenges, kind of put our uh, crystal ball in front of us, our fortune telling hats on, and, and really just surveying the landscape. Again, we hope this succeeds. We want lots of this success to happen. There are challenges, and we want to bring those to light and really talk through what that means now, six months from now, through Q4, everything like that. Um, but stay tuned, put a pin on this. Uh, we'll, we'll have to circle back here in Q1, Q2 and see what the next iteration of this truly does look like. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys tomorrow on another episode. Take care.